Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast, where this week it's Southend v Brighton and Hove Albion FCs. Who's on? Let's find out. Who are you? My name's Terry Alderton, and I'm uh, a South End fan. Anything else you want to add, Terry? No, not, that's it. That's oh, I it. do a bit not of for comedy the podcast, as well. Some comedy as well. No, I do a bit of comedy and as well. And of course, old favourite. <laughs> it's a horrible nickname for you, Natalie, but. <laughs> regular. Do you not say regular favourite? <laughs> no, I'm going to go with old favourite. Sure, I like okay. it. Yeah, me, Natalie. Natalie, sorry. Very Captain. good. And uh, joining us is. Who are you? I'm Stephen Grant. I'm a stand up comedian and a cyclist. And you support... The Brighton Hope Albion, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's the reason Since I'm here. Since the day you were born and regular team captain, joining us far too regularly now, is... <laughs> it's Andrew Ryan, and you may recognise me being from Europe. Oh, there we are. So it's uh, very exciting Lovely. to be... It's my first time doing a radio show outside the EU, so I'm very nervous. Here he is. It's from, not. from Europe, it's the it's... final countdown to Glory Hunters, which we will join now. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Our guests are given the opportunity to represent the team they've always supported in a contest that will make KSI versus Logan Paul look like a scrap in the England canteen. But who will lose their lunch money and all be looking for afters? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Good morning, everybody. Uh, we are joined by team captain Andrew Ryan. Again, Andrew. This is you my fourth coming appearance. Back. It's my fourth appearance. Yeah, I love coming back, man. It's great. I, I'm, I think I'm top of the leaderboard on the... Uh, yeah, how many times have you won? Only once. Oh. <laughs> That's good to be back on again. You know, it's one of my favourite quizzes on a Sunday morning. Exactly. Now, last time we saw you, you were alongside Monty Panesar. Oh, that went well. Yeah, which many people <laughs> are describing as the dream team. The dream team yeah. was more of a nightmare, man, to be honest with you. Monty Panesar is a lovely man. But we did not work well together as a team. No, did you uh, not get on? We didn't get on. We, we we come from two different parts of the world. And I'd say our uh, the only thing we had in common is we both left at the same time uh, when the show <laughs> finished. <laughs> we went out the same door and that was the only thing we had in common. But he's a nice guy. You know, I wish him best in his life. Oh, and uh, oh, good. I really hope he has a good, good rest of the year. Now, you're going to have no such trouble today. You were joined today by comedian and Brighton fan Stephen Grant. Good morning, Stephen. Hello, Charlie. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thanks. Good. Yeah, I'm now just realising I'm sat in the Monty Panesar chair. <laughs> feel as if, feel as if I've got to up my game slightly. Now you are not only a football fan. I'm going to talk to you about cycling first. Yeah, huge cycling uh, fan. Always cycling, aren't you? You've got a. You, yeah. you, I was around your house the other day, and you have what you called a pain room. Is that what it's called? A, a pain cave. It's a smart trainer attached to a sort of uh, a laptop attached to a big screen, which means that I can 
competitively cycle against anybody around the world 24 hours a day. You are a Brighton fan? I am. Big Brighton fan. Yes. How is life as a Brighton fan at the moment? It, excellent for two reasons. First of all, we're in the Premier League, which still feels like a dream. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, uh, we're playing some actually decent to watch football. Um, for all everyone's upset that Chris Hewitt left, what a yeah. thoroughly decent human being. Uh, Graham Potter is definitely the future. He's playing some excellent football. We've been a little bit unlucky. We could be even better at the league. But I think we, so long as we're good enough to stay up, that means we've got some good football ahead of us. I think you shouldn't uh, exist because uh, we are the gulls. Talking United are the gulls. You are the seagulls. Yeah. And actually, seagulls don't exist. No, they're not, they're not not technically a bird. However, the reason why we exist, and again, this is one of these things about Brighton that sort of stands out, is because we're the only Premier League, well, actually the only professional football team whose mascot is named after annoying our rivals. We oh. are the official wind-ups. Because we were the Dolphins for many, many years until a load of Crystal Palace supporters... Can't digest. Um, turned up in a pub in Brighton shouting, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. And yes. to drown them out, the Brighton fans started shouting, Seagulls, Seagulls, oh, Seagulls. And that's where it started. So we're the only club where we're named a, troll, after a trolling nickname. Trolling oh, another you were the original team. trolls. We are the original oh. trolls, yes. Yeah, right. right. So, yeah. Well, you are a brilliant stand up comedian. Let's hear a bit of you on stage with some words of wisdom for those in their 20s. She's quite jealous of you being in your mid 20s, all that enthusiasm. You probably think old age is miles away. Well, let me tell you on behalf of me, these people here, and quite a few people in this room right now, it is round the corner, okay? And the reason why you need to know it, because right now in your head, a calendar year goes so slowly, you're probably thinking, you know what, even 40, I don't have to think about that. But let me tell you, when you hit the magic 30, your perception of time will go through the window, right? Because I remember 26, I got loads of stuff done. I remember 17. In that one year, I went into railing, got my first car, got my first girlfriend, got my first serious job. Last year, I think I went on a picnic. Just see what I'm saying? Very, very good. Yeah, so you put you, that did, you, did you enjoy that experience? <laughs> yeah, no, do you know what? You looked like you wanted to get under the table at some point. Yeah, I know exactly. I've been floored by my own comedy. Yeah. There's nothing I like more than to sit around a table of people who I work with as having them having to listen to the one thing <laughs> that they... Oh, uh, yeah, that's just... Well, yeah. I thought it was excellent and we're lucky to have you, Stephen. Thank you very much Thanks, for coming. Thanks, Charlie. To Glory Hunters now alongside Natalie. Zoya, hello, Natalie. Hello, Charlie. Here again. <laughs> Somehow Back on Glory Hunt, still well, hunting Glory. Always, always. Now, alongside you, Natalie, is it says here, comedy god, I'll go with that, and someone who's actually played the game professionally. Let's find out about that. I'm not sure how <laughs> true that is. It's Southend United fan, the brilliant Terry Alderton. Morning, Terry. Thank you very much. So many lies in the intro. <laughs> but you have played professionally. Yeah, I never you, got Terry? a first team game, though. Never played first team. So oh. I was uh, for very Southend. Much for Southend on the bench on the on the bench once once and in my term at Southend as a young man I'd like to say I was I was not um, you know I was injured and uh, desperately could never play again but not tall enough that, that's just rubbish no, oh. not tall enough and rubbish oh you weren't what, rubbish what was your position goalkeeper oh that's why he's saying not tall enough you see oh I see yeah you see so you haven't you see having a go at me and I'm taller than him but he was a brilliant and it doesn't matter uh, do you still play, Terry? Do you still love the game? I don't play as much, or, or if at all anymore, no. I got to a point, actually, I was playing in celebrity games, and uh, I found that when I was hitting the ground, it was starting to hurt. And oh. I thought, this this has got to stop now. And I always thought that was kind of a bit of a myth when players say, oh, you know, I can't play anymore. And you say, but you're still really good at it. How can you not be... You know, I remember playing against... Um, who, was, uh, who was your man at, at Norwich who was double fast down the wing? What was his name? Bloody hell. Oh, I know you we mean. Um, yeah, anybody? Guy. Anybody? Come on. Uh, Rule Fox. Fox. 
No, Wolf no Fox. Foxy, no Foxy, no. Ooh. What I like is you've brought up an anecdote and you can't remember, I can't remember. You can't remember who's I in the this. anecdote. <laughs> I do this all the time. I just go, I use a great Irish and go, your man, you know, your man. Yeah. Yeah. Are we all know your man? No, 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 you, oh, it doesn't matter. Come on, Terry, it does now. Huckabee, Darren Huckabee! Welcome to Darren Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Huckabee, you so he still he, got it. Yeah, he? still, and you and you say after, why are you not playing at forty-three? You know, so it's kind of like they go, well, I can't, I can't move my knees and stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, so anyway, going back to that, when I hit the ground, it flipping hurts. And and how did you get from that into comedy? How did that? Well, I left playing football because it wasn't good enough uh, until I had my second stint in goal. Of course, yeah. when I made my debut against the Swansea. Uh, Talk us through that. How did that come I didn't come get out? on the pitch. I was just on the bench and yeah. I was sitting next to Andy Edwards and he was going, uh, you know, they're singing, uh, you know, Terry, Terry, give us a wave. And of course, Steve Tilson was the manager. So I thought they were saying, Tilly, Tilly, give us a wave. Oh. So I, I waved and they went, England, England's number one. Ah. England's number one. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Really what a dream come true. But the worst thing, well, it wasn't the worst thing. The young Freddie Eastwood played his debut that day yeah. and scored in seven seconds and got a hat-trick. So he completely upstaged me, story of my career. But I left playing football, then I got a normal job in an estate agents, and then I worked on photocopiers, and then I saw an ad in the paper saying, uh, you know, come and do an open spot at the Joker Club in Southend. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, that was it. I went on Sky and Star Search what, and what, won. What, oh, you went on Sky, so Sky what, was your, what was your first five minutes? Was it was the impressions? Horrific. Yeah, impressions. It didn't what, sound like anybody. What impressions did you do at the time? Uh, I probably did Rainbow. Oh, yes, George. Oh, yeah, Jippy. I would have done that. <laughs> still got it. Yeah, still, still got it. Who else? Let's have it. Come on, let's have it. Googling Rainbow yeah. right now. <laughs> He's right. It is bang on. I did. Do you remember the Rainbow Rave tune with the rain, rave, Rainbow Rave? Smart yes. ease. That was you, was it? That was me. Whenever I try and do Rainbow, I go into Frank Spencer. I go into Frank Spencer. I can't help it. I try and do Jeffrey, and what's the? Well, it's a similar voice, well, isn't Bungle it? Well, was like that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, that's right, Zippy. Up, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I, yeah. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> and all of that, all of that. My favourite one of yours is Chris Eubank. I'm yeah. going to save it. Okay, save it. Okay, so here we go. The scene is set for Brighton v Southend, the seaside El Clasico. Oh, Less the theatre of dreams, more the theatre of ice creams. It's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. It's my club's bigger than your club. We're going to say losing teams goes first, which is currently Brighton and Hove Albion and Stephen Grant. You're currently 2-0 down. Oh, this isn't about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds and your time starts now. Can you tell us why Brighton and Hove Albion are a bigger club than Southend United? Well, the biggest club concept is one that is basically open to interpretation anyway by what determines the biggest club, whether it's a number of trophies won or whatever. But there is actually a southern area trophy that existed when the league was split up geographically. And we are still the holders of that because the following year after we won it, it was disbanded. So we've been holding that for 70 years. Um, obviously, Brighton has been around since 1905. Southend United, 1906. I didn't know that until Terry brought a T-shirt and sang it on the front. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, there, Brighton has the most kids' football sessions each year, making it out of any Premier League time at 2,000. But the key reason why Brighton is the biggest club in professional football in England and it is unarguable by the way no other game after this no other player no other team representative will be able to argue this is that Brighton and Ove Albion is the biggest name in football <laughs> 21 <laughs> letters if you don't include football club yes Wolverhampton Waterers you are also 21 letters but you only have one space and as we all know in this world of typography you need to include space characters three in Brighton and Ove Albion making it 24 biggest club can't be argued with fact bang unbelievable great answer 
Take that, Southend. Yeah. <laughs> you just got you just got hat tricked there in the front. Okay. Yeah. Terry Alderton, will you please Go. tell us why Southend United are bigger than Brighton and Hove Albion? Well, we're a younger club, so that makes us fresher. By <laughs> <laughs> one year. We've also we've also <laughs> we've also got the longest pier, and we have a song about that. Southend on sea, Southend on sea, the longest pier you'll ever see. The longest pier you'll ever see. Obviously, there was a lot of time at Southend where the football was terrible. Uh, also, we have a hundred percent record against Man United. It played them once, beat them. Uh, <laughs> and also, we have the biggest celebrity fan, uh, right? <laughs> Justin like Bieber. That. Okay. <laughs> and also, let's not forget that in 1966, when Southend United first played at Roots Hall, they fielded 11 Penguins against against Brighton Albion, and they won in peng Penguin costumes. That's not true, that oh, bit. The last oh, bit isn't but, true. But, but it was... Shouldn't it be? Could but you're be going for penguin football as a as There's a, no as such a thing as penguin football, but I thought what I'd do is take it another way. Yeah. Because quite obviously, this is a, quite a test for me to say that Southend is bigger <laughs> than Brighton. Right, excellent answers from both of you. Uh, Stephen, I'll come to you first. Yes. Um, I don't really trust any football club that doesn't have an 18 on the start of it, so I'm discounting your years things. I think it's quite... A, Brand new club. If you're eight, if you're in the 19, in 1906, 1905, they're like young flash in the pan clubs to me. That yeah, it's, it's too too new. When's... Brighton did exist as a team itself before Brighton and Hove Albion, and yeah. that was yeah. too much, too oh, much. Okay. But other than that, uh, an excellent answer, Stephen. Very very good. I'm going to give you. Uh, we're at five. I'm going to give you uh, four goals out of five. Very, very good. Southend, it had peer-based material. I love a peer. There's nothing I like more than a peer in a rundown seaside town like Southend. And the song about the pier. The song about the pier was excellent. Um, I liked you called yourself the celebrity fan. Do you, are there any others? Justin other Bieber, than Bieber was the celebrity. Yeah, I know that, but, but I thought you were claiming no, the UK no. version. No, I'm, I'm that, oh, I'm embarrassing, but I'm that bloke. You know, they go, well, we have got a celebrity fan, but he was like once in EastEnders, I can't remember his name. Oh, you were I'm in EastEnders. Oh, yeah, I was in EastEnders. Bring yeah, back, you, bring you back Tim Reynolds. You did do but, EastEnders. Book but, but for six episodes, did five. Okay. Um, <laughs> you get off the last one. <laughs> You know, you normally get interviews with people. Well, I was only booked for four episodes, and I, here I am, four <laughs> years later. <laughs> <laughs> Me, booked for six, did five. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast from TalkSport. Today's fixture sees Brighton and Hove Albion take on Southend United. On the Brighton team sheet are Andrew Ryan and Stephen Grant, whilst Natalie Sawyer and Terry Alderton are representing Southend United. And it's time now to toy with the nation's moral compass as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to propose an idea they believe will improve sport for the better. An idea that may well have the purists baying for blood. So whilst the guardians of our sporting morals cry, Blasphemer! I will be awarding points for their radical ingenuity. However, I make no promises for their safekeeping once they've left the studio. We're going to start off with Andrew. We're going to start off with you, Andrew Ryan, representing Brighton and Hope Albion by way of Manchester United. You want it to be a great British FA Cup. Yes, we're in the start of the FA Cup season now. We've had the first round and second round draws. I think we need to spice it up a little bit, OK? I think the Premiership teams need to come in in the first round. We need to see more big upsets. There's no point in only one or two non-league teams getting to the third round. We oh. to, we want to see, I want to see, you know, Billericay at Old Trafford beat Manchester United. I then want them to go to, have a chance to go to Anfield. You know what I mean? And then, you know, that kind of stuff, right? But not only that, I want to implement the Scottish League and the Welsh League into this and the Northern Irish League mm -hmm. and make a great British FA Cup. 
So Alawa can play Manchester City. The winner of the FA Cup, automatic Champions League spot. And that would, you know, get the interest back on, the money, the excitement. Can you imagine Cowden Beat going to Brighton and Hove Albion oh, on a yeah. cold yeah. Tuesday night? Yeah, they'd love that. Total network solutions yes. in the Champions League. Incredible <laughs> So let's start the FA Cup in the first round proper with everyone in it, not just waiting until the big boys. This is a challenging opinion, but it's a good point to put it in. That I'm not entirely sure that the magic of the cup, the fact that big teams can play nearly amateur teams, is actually that magic. It happens in no other sport. No. No one's always saying that the magic, no one's got a boxing cup, have they? Where they've got kind of like Tyson Fury up against some 12-year-old who got some gloves for Christmas. <laughs> it would be brutal, wouldn't it? Is it, you know, like Tim Henman's up against somebody, you know, who's... Come on, Tim. A, that's what I'm trying to say is, is that it's a... It's a cr- for some reason in football we consider chronic mismatches to be romantic and in every other sport it's a humiliation that should never happen again are you on my team (laughs) i am on your side i'm on your side but i'm trying to say that happens already within england right but 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 it gets a little bit more if you include scotland and wales one northern ireland then it'll be a vehicle for english people to might be a little bit superior which isn't a good thing okay could we have a draw for one team from around europe as well, two teams from around Europe to, to come and join in as well. Yeah, and we just let like, like Eurovision when, when Australia exactly has a Exactly like Eurovision. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it. you can get like a team from Poland, Gdansk or something yeah. like that, and say, right, you're you're a home to Peterborough. Yeah, in the, in the <laughs> Some would say very, like very similar places. <laughs> I don't know if you've been there on a Tuesday night. <laughs> very good. I think that's actually quite exciting. Okay, I'm going to give you. you know. I wasn't on board, but I'm going to give you three goals for Andrew. It's very very good. Natalie Sawyer. You think there should be a transfer window, but for fans. I do, yes. Simon Jordan, a regular on TalkSport, obviously, repeatedly tells us that football is the only industry where you can keep serving up rubbish week in (laughs) and week out, and yet the fans, the customers, still keep coming back for more. You've not seen Stephen's act. (laughs) Boom! We heard it earlier. (laughs) But I think a transfer window then will allow some fans to take stock, to sort of sit back and think, I really want to support this shower that I'm witnessing right now. So they they can decide within this transfer window, should I stick or should I twist? Mm. And if they decide to move to another club, then they have to stick with that other club for the time being until Mm. that transfer window reopens. So it's up to them. It's a roll of the dice. It's risky because they might move to another club and it might not work out. could well backfire. We all know that nobody stays in the same job for their lifetime. So why should fans be expected to stay in the same place if they feel that they're being neglected or starved of success? And why not give them the choice of a transfer window? I don't think they should have the choice, Natalie, no, because I've had to live a life supporting one rubbish football team. And if I've had to have the misery, so should everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask you, Natalie, who would you transfer to yourself? Well, I mean, mean, obviously things are going well at Brentford, so I wouldn't need to. Um, But I certainly wouldn't move to any other West London club, notably QPR or Fulham. Steer clear of those. But where would you go? I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's a horrible idea, Natalie. I really hate it because I think once you've got your club, that's it. And you stick with it. And people who change clubs, I think they are the worst people. The thing is, the fans are the only constant left in football. Because people move their grounds, they change their sponsors, they change their pit, they change their players, they they can change their name, they can change their mascot, they can change absolutely everything except the fans. The day that you change the fans and everything's fluid, and then football, it doesn't matter who you support, you just support football. 100% true, Stephen. And the the worst people are not just people who don't support the team from where they are from, but for also people who support teams from a different country oh. altogether. 
Imagine that. What sort of loser? What sort of terrible, terrible person supports from not doesn't even support their local club, not even a club from their country? Yeah. Two things. Yes, Terry. That's the great thing about football is because you know when you do go on a winning run, you've had ten years of terrible, and now we're winning. So no, that's why. It's, it, yeah. That's Very why. Good. And secondly, there's a there's quite a tradition in the United States and possibly Canada. I don't know, Stephen probably would know this. I think you'll find a lot of people follow players. So if you were a massive, oh. uh, I don't know, name a, a big American basketball player, Leobram James or someone like that, okay, then yeah. you'd follow, you'd follow, you'd follow him, the not the team. I don't like it, Natalie. Um, I think it's a terrible <laughs> idea. Um, I'm furious about it. Sure. Um, I'm going to give you two goals. <laughs> two goals. Stephen Grant. VAR should take its lead from Mr. and Mrs. Well, yes. I mean, realistically, the Mr. and Mrs. reference will become a bit more obvious in a moment. But VAR, can we all agree around this table, is the way it's going, but it isn't working. And the reason why it isn't working is because it's a rule as opposed to a device that is competitive like the rest of the game. Okay? It was always considered for a century that if the referee made a mistake, that was just part of the game. But now we're not allowed mistakes, so VAR isn't working. Because if VAR makes a mistake, then there's no mechanism with which to deal with it. So VAR should be like it is in every other sport where you have action replays, so to some extent cricket, and but especially tennis. Tennis is great for VAR because what happens is someone thinks that the ball is in or out yeah. or whatever, or they caught the line, and then the player has got like two, three seconds to say they're going to actually go to video review. Uh -huh. Uh, review and if they're right then the point gets replayed or they get given the point and if they're wrong then they lose a challenge and yes. then when all their challenges are run out tough you can't do anything it's part of the game why can't football be like that now the argument that why football can't be like that is who does the challenge now people would say it's the captain on the actual pitch because then what the problem you've got there is the captain has to be the person who's looking at most of it so it'd be like that maybe the goalkeeper or something but he's not at the front of the game so the person who should have that chance to do that is the person who has to answer for the mistakes at the end of the game, who is the manager. Mm -hmm. So the manager should be the person who calls whether it goes to VAR. But the only way that the manager can't be influenced by, say, a whole bank of people who are sat watching screens to know whether they're going to get it right or not, has to be isolated. So we have to put the manager yeah. in an isolation chamber. A booth. At the, a booth. A chamber. A booth. Well, it's a, cha it's, a, it's a chamber, right, wearing headphones, watching the game. So, that at the, you know, we've got the dugouts, and at the end of the dugout is a glass booth. Okay. <laughs> Okay, in which they look at this. Obviously, there's air holes. We're not monsters. Okay, they watch the game, and then when they think they've got a little big red button, and he thinks video, bangs there, oh, yeah. off he goes. Like and if he gets it right, then he keeps his three. Things. Of course, it goes to, if it goes to extra time, they get an extra one, like they do if it goes to if it goes to a tie break in yeah, tennis I as like well. It, yeah. And then a bit, and then you know whether you've got a good or a bad manager or not, and whether he's yes. and whether he's biased or not. Because realistically, they're going idea. to need to know whether it's the case. And obviously, you'll have the fans screaming, but they'll be blanked out from perhaps, that. Yeah, or perhaps you have like um, a, a, a VAR, a specialist VAR person. They trained that person up and they make the decision. Even as well. better. And what we do is, and then you have a transfer window for VAR oh, callers. People, yeah. And what we'll have them, and we'll have them suspended in that glass cage above the stadium. Yeah, right? this is it. So this they've is got the best like view. Yeah. Like David Blaine. Like David Blaine. Or at the top of a very so, tall pillar. In, in, in summary, unreal. in summary, you're just putting a man in a room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we are, is it? It's like putting a man in a room. Putting a man in a room. Manager in a booth. I liked it, Stephen, and I liked it very much. I liked your think. I liked your workings out behind it. The only thing you didn't say was, like Mr. and Mrs., it shouldn't be on anymore. You should just get. <laughs> <laughs> what we I'm saying is there's a load of boots that are unused. rid of VAR. Basically, there we are. But I'm going to give you 
Two goals, Stephen. Oh, Two man, goals. Well Finally, coming to you, Terry Alderton. Get rid of penalties. It should be a last man standing bleep test. Yep, that's it. Don't need to say any more. No, that's it. Get <laughs> rid of good. it. Get rid of it. Get, get rid of it. And what we have so is... So there's penalty shootouts. Yeah. So not penalty just shootouts penalties. have gone, right? And then you have 11 men versus 11 men. Bleep test. Last men or man standing, because of course three of them, safe and south end, could still be running. And uh, no one from Brentford. Oh, right, of course, yes. Would be, would be over. So why, it could be would, three against one. Could, be, could imagine that? It'd be one player against four left. Yeah, yeah, but then, but then that's mental toughness. Keep going, yeah. So I just want a bleak, bleak test. A bleak test is what's yes. Terrace, so a bleak test, Stephen. basically, for those that don't know, which I also think should be an Olympic sport, is you have a, two lines and you have to run from one line to the other, and you have to hit the line on the on the beep. But what happens is the bleep beep gets faster and faster. So fitness counts. Wouldn't you wouldn't you bring on a, like a special player to come on and do it? No, that, that, that can't actually play football. Well, but, but maybe you, the, right, sign okay, what about Mo you Farrah. do this? Yeah, Mo what Farrah. Farrah. something, you know. <laughs> Daily Thompson would be He's on the bench. There, warming the, on up. The, bench. <laughs> the unused subs. The unused They're subs. bringing on you, same bolt. The Glory Hunters podcast from Talk Sport. Download, listen, and subscribe. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here on Glory Hunters, we believe in letting the public have their say, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. Our first question, please. Hello, I'd like to ask the panel, which sporting story deserves to be made into a film? Which sporting story deserves to be made into a film? Stephen Grant for Brighton and Hove Albion. There's a brilliant sort of comic story, but I'd love to know the backstory behind it, about a player that um, sent sent a fake sort of CV details to the Wickham team about 25 years ago over the internet. 
and uh, said that he was uh, an international, all the rest of it. And they, and they put him on oh. for, for 11 minutes and then subbed him. It was one of these players that got subbed once they got subbed on and subbed off again. And I can't remember the name of the guy like oh. that, but he's famous for only ever playing 11 minutes for Wickham. And his, his kit didn't even fit. But he pretended to be a professional football player. In order the to idea that, that was very similar to Southampton, wasn't it? When <laughs> uh, this guy rang up and he was like, oh, I'm George, I'm George Ware's, Ware's cousin. cousin. Yeah. And he comes down and they play him and he gets taken off. And it's become it's a, a great a... idea for a film, Stephen. I like it. And then, actually, yes. In fact, it might even have been that one, and it's gone through Chinese whispers, and I've ended up being Wickham. Oh, but, right. I, but the oh, other so the same is, story. This, I think it's the same story. Yeah. So the story you've you've you've, 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 you've I've actually completely ruined. But you know, thanks, uh, thankfully, I've got a, a group around me who can correct me on facts. <laughs> but I actually think that would be a fabulous yeah. story to in find this out exactly elevator pitch for the film. You've got the name and the team of the players wrong, but other than that, it was an excellent pitch. I liked it. I'm going to say it would be a good film. I'm going to give you four goals, Stephen. Well, very very good. Terry Alderton. Same question. Which sporting story deserves to be made into a film, other than yours, of course? Well, um, okay. Well, I, it's a bit of a cliche, but um, Jamie, the Jamie Vardy story is, is mm, definitely yes. should have been done. You know, for a man who is now what 32 and really has only kicked in in the last four years. And also, equally, Ian Wright's story would also oh, be really interesting it, yeah. because, as he says, you know, it wasn't that I was playing. Uh, lower league. I wasn't playing for Dover, for example. I wasn't playing for Crawley Town. Mm. I was playing on the muddy fields of Hackney at 22. He was still playing Sunday football yeah. at 22, and then he got found. So I think that would also be a good story. But I do think that Stephen and young Andrew's story is much better than mine. Oh, well, that's a shame in, in a quiz, isn't it? When you're up again, really, the yeah. competitive spirit really, yeah, really, rather, really shining through there. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather be honest in this no, game. No, I think the Ian Wright story is an excellent one. It would be an excellent film, and I'm going to give you four goals, Terry. Natalie much. Sawyer. Uh, I would like you to imagine a plot of nothing could go wrong for this mm. poster boy. He was a record breaker, but there is a twist in the addiction that affects his personal life oh. and his career. Injury then threatens any chance of a comeback, it seems. And then despite being written off by so many, he battles back from adversity to rise again. So you've got the drama, you've got the courage. You kind of got the romance-ish when you realise it's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods oh, a nearly. story. <laughs> Some Tiger romance in there. Tiger Woods would be an excellent story, actually. Um, who would you cast as Tiger? Any Ooh, ideas? I, know, I thought about this. Oh yeah, I think Denzel. Denzel, Denzel Washington. The old now, no. What about his son? Well. His son's good, isn't he? He's in Black Klansman, isn't he? Yeah, very good. So Denzel Washington's son, we're going as. Yeah, he's really Tiger Woods. Good. But we don't know that. That's <laughs> dying to be made. I think there is a TV movie. It probably is. Um, I'm going to give you uh, three goals, Natalie, oh, because I think there's a TV movie of it. But TV movie's not the same as a movie. movie. I know, but it's still a movie. Andrew Ryan. Right. Now, this isn't particularly about one person, right? So, remember in the 70s and 80s, you had bands that were one-hit wonders? Oh, yeah. But I want to talk about one-cap wonders. Lovely. People that have only played for England once. Oh, it's a brilliant So, idea. what you would do is, you get 11 players, and you would follow their life to, to get to international football. That's the thing, right? But they only play once. So, you go, you are good enough to play for England. But after we've seen you play for England, we don't want you near us again, okay? So I'll give you an example. Lee Boyer, one, oh, cap. one cap. Francis Jeffers, oh, one, cap. one cap. Joey Barton, one cap. Michael Ricketts, one cap. David Dunn, Dean Ashton, Chris Kirkland, Chris Sutton, Lee Hendry, oh, Seth oh. Johnson. It's a great team. This is a great football team of only one cap one. Brilliant. And that's the story. What would be the Irish version of it? It'll be uh, the Irish version of it. Have you got uh, Irish grandparents? And <laughs> can you play? Can you do a Tony Cascarino for us, please? Well, you say this. Glenn Johnson was being Tim earlier on, and uh, his middle name is McLeod, and Could the SFA rang him up when he was young, <laughs> thinking, well, because your middle name's McLeod, yeah. 
you could play for could Scotland. Play for Scotland. And he was like, there's no Scottish in my family whatsoever. It's just that's from Jamaica, yeah. that name. Oh. So, so my, my idea is one cap wonders, let's do a story on the people that only played once. Andrew, for it's an absolutely like brilliant it. idea. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely foolish to say it on national radio because I reckon Netflix Somebody's will 100% go and now make that documentary. Um, so I'm going to give you five goals in some sort of, and also anything you say on this radio show, I now own. So I will now. <laughs> <laughs> the one go cap and pitch wonders. That idea. It's an excellent idea. Five goals for Andrew Ryan. Can we have our next question, please? I'd like to ask the panel. Which figure from the world of sport would they least like to be stuck in a lift with? There we are. Which figure from the world of sport would they least like to be stuck in a lift with Andrew Ryan? I would not like to be in a lift with uh, Conor McGregor because I would be afraid of what I'll do to him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very good. And I'm going to tell goals. you another maximum goals. Have you got something to add to that? I saw it the other day on his Instagram. He's celebrating two years ago. I was a double world champion. I goes, let's talk about what you've done in the two years, mate. You've not fought, right? Your game's up. I'm sick of you. You can walk in with your bottle of whiskey. I'll meet you in a lift. You're fighting cages. I fight in lifts, mate. After right? a jolly start, it took a, oh, I know, it's a really dark it's turn, really doesn't it, Natalie? It's really very interesting. I had wow. to fight. You, still get, you get four points now <laughs> no, for the dark turn. This is Terry Alderton. Um, Zidane. 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 I, I absolutely adore him. All right. And I don't want to meet him. Because... So the thing is, I keep in my head how I see him. I think he's, to me, the greatest player of all time. I love the way he had batted your man at the end to finish his career. Because <laughs> in my too, world of comedy, you know I am, yeah. to just completely ruin it is, is the best way to Great finish it. Great punchline. So I think that Zidane, I don't want to meet him. So. I feel your pain. I was in a lift with Stephen Gerrard once. And uh, I went, <laughs> well done. <laughs> and he got out. Well, I tell you what, I would. That was all I had to say to him. Years ago, I did a lottery show, man. and uh, I was waiting for this uh, suit to be sorted out. And it was a little. We were in Bray, where they made the Hammer House movies, and the rain was falling down, and the door opened. I was like in a film of myself, just sitting there, just in this sort of kitcheny bit of this thing, waiting for the lady. I could just hear a seamstress going brr, brr, with a little sewing machine. And this voice comes and goes, "Would you mind sorting out this suit for me, love?" She's going, no, no, just stick it over there. And he comes through and he goes, all right, you're right. He goes, uh, you're walking with Lou, aren't you? And all that. And I said, this is Lulu. I'm doing this lottery show with Lulu, right? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. Don't shout about it. Yeah, yeah hey. I know. This is 20 years ago. Well done. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, I look up and it's the same thing, but he was absolutely lovely. But I was just sitting there thinking, don't say anything about the Beatles. Don't talk about the Beatles. Talk about so it was McCartney standing in front of me. And anyway, oh. do you fancy a brew? I went, yeah, all right. And I was thinking, no, just please go. <laughs> so he made me a cup of tea and we had a good chat. He Paul McCartney up, made you a cup of tea. Made me a cup of tea. Absolutely lovely, lovely man. Great story, Terry. It's fantastic. Natalie, who I wouldn't want to be stuck in the lift with, it is another Irishman, who, or at least played for Ireland. Right. And there is a, he's lovely, Clinton Morrison. Oh, the lovely love Clinton, Clinton Morrison. Morrison. Yeah, now the only good. reason I wouldn't want to be stuck in the lift with Clinton <laughs> Morrison is he's afraid of lifts. Oh, so when we, when we when he comes in to talk sport, which he does twice a month on a Wednesday, he ha- he walks up the seventeen flights. Does he? Because he's that afraid of getting in a lift. Now he has been in lifts on a rare occasion, and he says it just it, it's he not panics. for him. Yeah, it's a bit claustrophobic. Lifts are his kryptonite. He's Excellent. very honest about it, but yeah, you don't want to be in a lift oh, with someone's going to panic. I love I love that story, yeah, Natalie. I'm going to give you five goals. Yeah. Stephen Grant, quite contentious this one. Yeah. Because people have talked about people they like, so there's been two likes and one not like is quite dark. This is someone I just don't want to be in a lift with, and it's not because of hero worship or anything like that. It's because, in many ways, I think it's everything that's wrong with the personality in football nowadays, and that's Gareth Southgate. And I think it's because I actually think in Gareth Southgate is a sort of a fairly charismatic and sort of driven human being. 
and through media training and by being England boss and also being a player who was brought up at the time in which you had the huge amount of media spotlight, he's just had it all beaten out of him. Oh, you think and, he's lost his personality? Uh, you know, I, I think it's been beaten out of him. Because he can't show enthusiasm or excitement for anything because basically he'll get damned if he does, yeah. damned if he doesn't. So you think it would be a very boring I think you're ride. absolutely right. I, I think this is why people like Klopp and, and, and even Mourinho I think are brilliant for football oh, do because they what? don't care and they go, I'm going to be myself and you, I don't care if half of you hate me. But if you're Gareth Southgate, you can't afford to have half the world hate you. So you've got to be so saccharine. I've been media trained, to be very fair, alongside Gareth Southgate. So I'm going to give you, I'll give you two and a half goals, but I'll give you three goals, yeah. Stephen. This is the Glory Hunters podcast in association with Monty Panasar Loft Conversions. Don't get in a spin, but a V-Lux in. This is Glory Hunters here on TalkSport, where today Brighton, in the shape of Andrew Ryan and Stephen Grant, have 28 goals, while Southend United, represented by Natalie Sawyer and Terry Alderton, have 27. It's tight! Time now, however, for our two team captains to step up to the plate and argue either for or against a motion that I propose. It's essentially a sixth-form debating society for the bottom set. The motion up for debate today is This House believes being an international manager is not a full-time job. Arguing for that motion is Natalie. Arguing against is Andrew Ryan. You each have 30 seconds. Natalie, the floor is yours. Well, I'm taking into account a year without tournament football, for example. International managers do not have it tough. Their active working week in which they have to deal with their players on a day-to-day basis reads as such. Mm -hmm. 18th to 26th of March, eight days. June 3rd to 11th, eight days. 2nd until the 10th of September, eight days. 7th to the 15th of October, eight days. 11th to the 19th of November, eight days. So that's 40 days. 40 days across a whole year that they're actually hands-on doing their coaching. Let's take into account they might do some scouting. Well, they might only take in a game or two prior to a squad announcement. So I'm going to be generous and round that up to 10 games. So 10 days that they're busy over the course of the season that they might check in on their players at a game. So we're up to 50 days now. They might have some extra work commitments that the FA, their respective FAs, ask them to do. But that's probably going to be, again, about 10 days maximum. Mm. So 60 days in a year is what an international manager does. How on earth is that full-time? Andrew Ryan, tell us. Argue against that fact. Being an international manager, you are not carrying the weight of your club. You're carrying the weight of your country. Okay. Natalie made a point there saying 60 days. 60 days carrying hopes and dreams of beating Moldova at home, beating Luxembourg at home, having to do research on the accountant that's the goalie for Luxembourg. (laughs) That is a full-time job, right? Scouting venues, training, dealing with premiership and championship football clubs because clubs don't want them to release their players because of fake fear of injury and stuff like that. If you're the manager of the national team, you have to be seen to be a full-time job because that shows to other countries that you are serious about your football. 60 days is actually 365 days <laughs> mentally. And if they qualify for a tournament, you're potentially doing something that only for Ireland, the last time we qualified for World Cup was 17 years ago. So they become national heroes and they do need it full-time because they're getting it everywhere they go. 
getting abuse is a full-time job as well. So I think it's 60 days physically, but mentally it's 365, and it is a full-time job carrying the hopes and dreams of a nation. So back off. Oh, there we are, and a little mic drop back at the off. end there. Maybe oh, there. always but is negative dark, dark and negative at the end, isn't it? There's always a threat in there. <laughs> <laughs> exciting. You did say getting abuse is a full-time job, which I liked as part of your argument. I Natalie, mean, you were saying, what is it, 60, 60 that, days work? 60 you, how many days, days a week do you work, Natalie, is it? Four days a week Four for three days. hours at a time? Yeah, but then yeah, I do so three jobs on a Thursday. That's sort of part-time, isn't it? No. Part-time. No. It was tough to pick between the two. I'm going to give you two goals oh, each for okay. both your arguments. Very, very good. Stephen Grant, is football your uh, number one sport? Stephen, or as you've got more and more into cycling, has it become more about cycling, cycling for you? Cycling is the thing I enjoy doing the most, but from the point of view of being a spectator in the sport or being invested, it's still football. It's great. Brighton's in the Premier League. If I, I can't enjoy this, there was no point in me mm. supporting them when they were in the fourth tier of football, waiting until the last match of the season to, to score an equalising goal to not go down when Hera did um, so you know that's and that was within my lifetime yeah. and I'm not that old so I mean but as a participation sport you've you've, so, you've I'll cycle for so I'll cycle to the football match to watch it I'd say it's changed your life hasn't it cycling because I used you, to be you lost a bunch of weight yeah. and, and you've now got a podcast about it yeah and you sort of you build your life around your cycling yeah absolutely and it almost killed me uh, oh. two years ago yes, as well, tell us about that. yeah well I was um, I was going around a corner quite quickly and you know that sort of bouncy time that you get in playgrounds well they don't have that on the road <laughs> uh, so my front wheel disappeared into a pothole I got trebucheted into the tarmac I uh, I sort of passed out sort of the, 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 well it's you know it's just I went bang and then I came to there was a guy on my phone describing me to the ambulance dispatcher uh, <laughs> using the word grey a lot which was not a good sign like lips are grey nose is grey face is grey Wayne Grey then, Wayne yeah, Grey sunshine on a Wayne Grey uh, and then handed me the phone went they'll be here really soon then I sort of passed out again though to be fair actually when I had the accident initially I didn't pass out I did stop Strava uh, because it would have <laughs> reduced my average speed quite considerably and I did take a selfie with my one good arm uh, before being dragged to the and side you, of the road. And you broke your collarbone. Yeah, oh yeah, I, well, I exploded it, according to the consultant. It eight large pieces and then lots of little small pieces. Oh. And then the next time I came round, there was an air ambulance landing in the field next to me, which is a very bittersweet moment, because part of me is going... Oh, I might actually die, but there's another part of me going. Well, I've never been in a helicopter before, so <laughs> in many ways it was a, a bit of a sweet day. moment, just in time. And exactly, I felt like the 1983 FA Cup squad, you know. So, I, um, <laughs> but, but what I didn't realise when they send an air ambulance to you is you have to be ill enough to warrant it. Oh. So they just they checked to see if I was in shock. I wasn't in enough shock, and they disappeared, oh. uh, leaving oh, me so with a Norman ambulance. So I didn't get to go in it. Now I've got to watch it fly off. But, you, but you still recommend cycling? Yeah, and it's brilliant. What's your I'm, podcast called? It's called the Cyclist Pod. So. You you can look at cyclistpod.com and it's on all well-known... And it's not for, clients. like, pro cyclists, it's about... It's for people who enjoy cycling. If you enjoy going out on a mountain bike or a normal yeah. bicycle or having a day out or just one of these people who's not trying to compete, you're not sort of head-to-toe in sort of Castelli gear and sort of mm. talk about protein bars and walk everywhere in your cycling shoes, you just enjoy cycling, it's for you. Terry, you said you won't do anything at no, the moment. No, I am. I'm, I'm, writing, uh, I'm writing a couple of uh, novels at the moment. Are you? Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you? Well, I started one, yeah, and then yeah. I got bored of that. So oh, right, yeah. I, yeah that was, that was is that a good sign, do you think, if you get bored of your own novel? Well, it was the fact that I didn't know enough about 18th century art. Oh. So I, I stepped away from that. Is that what the book's that. about? It wasn't, no, it's about, it's about a guy who is uh, in this painting, and in the, in the painting what happens is the guy had... Uh, I'm making all this up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Novel pitch. Oh. Novel, but you are in the same building as no, Harper I Collins. No, I am actually writing a book about a, a guy who has who has who writes a book, 
Yeah. And he <laughs> he has an accident on, on a mountain oh, yeah. in Wales coming back from a comedy gig. Yeah. And uh, it, there's no one else around. And he clips this van and he stopped the car, looked out, and the van is nowhere to be seen. Mm. It's obviously gone over the edge. But what happens is he writes this book and it's a true story. And then years on, the police investigate that. And they go, oh my God, that's I think you're making story. this up as well. And the guy then ends up on a radio show and yeah. explains that he's writing a book about a book. <laughs> <laughs> and years on. So, Terry Alderton, as we've established, not doing anything at the moment. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> so, in the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Losing side goes first. Current scores are Brighton 30, Southend 29. The losing side goes first, so Terry and Natalie, that's you. And what I'm going to do is list a number of figures from the world of sport and what they like to do in their spare time. All you have to say is which are true and which is false. Last week, Bob Mills got oh. 100% correct on what, which animal. one is a gladiator and which an one is not. See if down. you can match that. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Can we not knock it? Are we ready? Your time starts now. David Beckham, fencing. False. True. Oh, go true. It's true. Serena Williams, dressmaking. False. It's true. Jurgen Klopp, jigsaw puzzles. False. false. It's false. Cristiano Ronaldo plays bingo. False. It's true. Theo Walcott competes in Ironman contests. False. It's false. Mike Tyson, pigeon fancying. True. It's true. Neil Warnock, ballroom dancing. False. It's false. Conor McGregor, origami. False. It's true. John McEnroe, model trains. False. It's false. Novak Djokovic, writing cookbooks. False. True. Eddie Jones, cosplay. False. <laughs> it is false. Joe <laughs> Allen, raising chickens. True. It is true. Zavi, picking mushrooms. True. True. Joe Root, collecting in-flight sick bags. False. false. It's false. Matt Oakley, collecting piranhas. True. True. Les Ferdinand, helicopter flying. False. It's true. Judy Murray, photobombing tourists. Can we not knock it? It was false. Nah. Okay, so at the end of that round, you scored 11 goals, which takes you to 40. Mm. Brighton and Hove Albion, you require 10 goals to draw, 11 to win. I'm going to list a number of sporting events from around the world, and I need you to tell me which are true and which are false. When your time is up, you will hear this. Sharpie! Sharpie! Do we get it? Yes. Your time starts... Now, cheese rolling. True. It is true. Underwater hockey. False. It's true. Gum spitting. False. It's false. Competitive furniture assembly. True. true. It's false. Wife carrying. True. It's a nice It's true. The pillow fight league. True. It's true. Cue jumping. False. false. It's false. The redneck games. True. True. Wallpaper stripping. False. It is false. Cardboard tube fighting. False. False. It's true. Extreme bakery. True. It's false. Shin kicking. False. It's true. Competitive colouring in. True. It's false. <laughs> Fair dodging. False. It's false. Lawnmower racing. True. 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 Toe wrestling. True. 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 Uh, Hoarding. False. False. It's false. The rock, paper, scissors league. True. It's true. <laughs> Cycle ball. True. true. It's true. Man versus motorbike marathon. True. It's false. <laughs> so at the end of that round, you scored 13 goals, which takes you to 43 goals, which means the final scores are Southend 40, Brighton and Hove Albion 43. 
South End, Terry, any positives mm, you can take from that? No, it's just a run, running on as the season is running at this moment oh, in time. Man, so why not shame. another defeat of well, yeah. a massive I, Natalie's bright light could not shine upon you. Well, Sorry, do you Natalie. know what it was? I think it was the threats from Andrew. <laughs> really, yeah, I was yeah. quite worried. No. You know. well, congratulations, Stephen, for Brighton and Hove Albion. 43 goals there. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll be well, literally happy have, to get that this season. What message does that victory send out? It sends out the fact that the progressive nature of the new brand of Brighton and Hove Albion can exceed in all levels of sport. I don't know what it sends yeah, out. It doesn't matter. We won. We won. And uh, that's all that matters. We, you know, we, the questions fell for us. They fell in the right areas. And uh, we worked together as a team. And, you know, we spoke last night on the phone for a few hours. Lovely. Yeah. There we are. So to our winners, we say... Yes! Yes! It's a goal! It's a goal! It's a goal! <laughs> <laughs> and for the losers. Boo! Boo! Oh! <laughs> My thanks to Natalie, Andrew, Stephen and Terry. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. That was it then. Lovely result for you there, Stephen. Yeah, still basking in the glory. Happy happy with it? You're gonna have to, that means you have to come back. You realise that, do you? Oh. You've run through to another round. Well, these sort of threats should have been outlined to me before I did the recording. <laughs> well, that's how it goes. I'm surprised Andrew didn't tell you. <laughs> Terry, now you've, now you've heard that you, have, you might have had to come back. Are you pleased? That... No, I'm really, really annoyed, actually. I'd oh. love to have come back. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, well, maybe we'll get you back another time. Captain. Just, Captain just as like a bit of a charity case. Well, I'd be the charity. Okay, <laughs> happy it's with been that. My life like that. Absolutely, so we love Terry back, can we? We'd love to have Terry back. I'd love back. to come back. Yeah, I'd love yeah. To come back. yeah we'll have Terry. Right, thank you very thank much you for listening everything. to the Glory Hunters podcast. Do rate and subscribe and review us, and we'll see you again next week. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni, with powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads. It keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's a place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit talksport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.